This week, we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit empowers and equips the church to carry out its mission by coming just as Jesus promised to teach us all things. The sermon for this week is based on the gospel, John chapter 14, verses 23 to 27. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Swaying shadows on the window curtains as the gray light of the full moon filters through the branches, flickering candles on a low table, illuminating their faces as they hang on every word from Jesus' lips. And then he drops a bomb. One of you will betray me. A low buzz rolls around the room from their mumbled whispers. What? That can't happen. That won't happen. Who of us would think of doing such a thing? Surely not I, Lord. The flat bread from that special feast is within reach. Jesus tears off a piece dips it in the roasted lamb's juice and hands it to Judas. What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one else makes the connection. As far as they are concerned, Judas is getting up to go and dip into his treasurer's bag and make a donation to the poor. He slips into the night. The Bible writer John tells us when he was gone, Jesus said, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. He's talking about dying. We can't let that happen. We have to try to talk him out of it. Is he really going to leave us alone? What's going to happen to us? What do you think it was like to live as one of Jesus' 12 disciples? Imagine the thrill of spending those 36-plus months with him. You can talk to him. Walk with him. Ask him any question. 
tell him what's on your mind. And Jesus is right there to fill fishing nets when they're empty, to fill tummies when they're empty, to call on wind and wave to calm down, and in just a few hours to keep the temple police from clamping on flex cuffs and hauling you away. Aren't you thinking to yourself, if only, if only Jesus would stay by our side morning and night, day after day, and then in the hour of our death, take us by the hand and usher us through the pearly gates. But the dreams of these disciples got all bollocked up when he said to them, before long the world will see me no more. And in a little while, you will see me no more. What a roller coaster ride. When he was with them, their spirits were riding on the clouds, but now they're hurtling down into the pit of the unknown. You and I, you and I know what happened next. With Jesus up on Calvary's cross, their hearts sank to the depths of woe. But three days later, their spirits rise because he did. Over the next 40 days, he pops in from time to time, offering assurance of his care and guidance. But then on the 40th day, He's standing with these disciples on a long ridge east of the city, and he starts to go up. A cloud hides him from their sight. With necks craning and eyes squinting, they look and look, but no Jesus. An angel appears and announces, go back into the city and wait. The Holy Spirit will come. And make sense of all this. Make sense of all this. Well, what is going to happen? And what happened to Jesus? The next day, nothing. The next, nothing. The third day, nothing. Ten days go by. Ten days of wondering and waiting, of, of praying and puzzling. But on that tenth day, the Holy Spirit came rushing in like a mighty wind. The disciples look at each other. It's just as Jesus told us. The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. All is well now. Now it makes sense. It falls together. Let's go forward for God. Don't you want to do that too? Let's join with these disciples and pray, Holy Spirit, teach us, remind us of the promises Jesus made and of the peace Jesus gave. Holy Spirit, teach us, remind us of the promises Jesus made. What promises? Well, before Pentecost, before this coming of the Holy Spirit, the disciples were asking, what happened to Jesus? and his promise to be with us always. Did you ever wonder that? Like when you were skidding down the road, wondering whether you would survive a rather rude introduction to a telephone pole, or 
like the time someone you really care about seemed to turn their back on life with the Lord and won't listen to your pleas to please come back. Holy Spirit, teach us. Remind us of the promise Jesus made. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And his promise, I will be with you always. And the Holy Spirit does just that. Reminds us of that promise. What promise? Before the coming of the Spirit on Pentecost, the disciples were asking, what happened to Jesus and his promise to answer our prayers? Did you ever wonder that? Like the time you prayed, dear Lord, make my grandma well again. But she died anyway. You may not have realized it at the time, but the Lord Jesus heard your prayer as he hears all your prayers. And he answers as he answers all your prayers. And he says, I have given to your grandma a clean bill of health for her soul. And now I have granted her perfect health with me in heaven. No more pain or sadness ever for her to experience. Holy Spirit, teach us. Remind us of the promise Jesus made. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And the Holy Spirit does just that, reminding us of Jesus' promise to answer our prayers. What promise? Before the coming of the Spirit on Pentecost, the disciples were asking, whatever happened to Jesus and his promise to give us power, to give us strength, courage. Did you ever wonder that? Like the time you were still in school, surrounded by people who were making fun of God's ability to create the world in six natural days. You fidgeted. You squirmed. And then you just blurted out, well, if God can get a sinner like me into heaven, he can surely make the world in six days. Making the world in six natural days is a piece of cake for God compared to getting a sinner like me into heaven. Wow, where did that come from? Holy Spirit, teach us. Remind us of the promise Jesus made. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. You see, the Spirit does just that. Assuring us Jesus' promise to give us courage and power. I have made promises. I bet you have too. But I'm not so reliable. Those who are closest to me and my dear friends know that I have not always carried through on the promises I've made, causing them to wonder whether I'm really all that reliable. That's embarrassing to admit. It's, it's just as embarrassing to admit that there have been times when I've felt all alone that I'm not being heard, that I'm weak. I don't want to be a whining, whimpering, weakling, especially when the going gets tough. And when it does, I don't need slogans when the going gets tough, the tough get going. 
No, I need someone to make promises to me and to keep them. But if I need to count on someone to make promises to me, then I'll be disappointed likely too because that someone is going to be a person just like I am. I need God to make promises that he's going to keep, promises of his presence, of his answer to prayers, and of his power. Like a beggar, empty-handed, deserving absolutely nothing, I come before the Holy Spirit, and you do too. Holy Spirit, teach us, remind us of the promises Jesus made, and that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. The night before he died, when he's in the upper room in Jerusalem with these disciples, eating the Passover meal, which is where this gospel account from John 14 is taken from, Jesus told his disciples what was going to happen next. He also told them why it had to happen. It, would be, it was because of people like them. There was in their midst one who now had already left who was going to betray Jesus. There was one who was going to deny him. There was one in that room who had cheated hundreds out of hundreds of tax dollars. There was one who had organized illegal terrorist actions against the Roman government. There were two who had a warped understanding of authority and tried to climb up over the others. There was one who really didn't believe that Jesus could feed a crowd with just a few loaves and fish. There was one who did not believe, who doubted that Jesus could come back to life from the dead. These disciples deserve to be separated from the only one who could save and rescue them. But isn't it amazing that one of the last things that Jesus spoke to them before he died on the cross, is the very first thing he said to them when he saw them on Easter evening. Of all the promises Jesus made, this is the one that rises to the hot top. It's the promise to forgive their sins. It's a promise they would never forget. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. They needed comfort. They needed assurance. They needed to be sure that God was not going to give them what they deserved, that God was not going to whack them because of their sins. Think of Peter. Did he stand up, stand up for Jesus? No. Did he trust that Jesus would guard and protect his soul no matter what the circumstances? No. What did Peter do? Hide. Cower. Deny. But the Bible writers indicate that of all these 12 disciples, Peter is the first one to whom Jesus appeared personally on Easter afternoon. The one who had turned his back on Jesus, who had caught Jesus' eye when on trial, and then went out and wept bitterly, is now the one who is personally face to face with the risen Lord. Can you sense what was going through Peter's mind? He's what? Cringing, crying, 
falling on his knees, putting his face in the dirt. He, he wants to run, but he can't because his feet feel like they're stuck in cement as Jesus is peering into his eyes. The Bible writers don't give us this conversation with Peter privately on Easter afternoon. But I can just picture, I can just picture what was going on when the Lord appeared to this denier, this sinner, this Peter. The Lord Jesus reaches out his hands and puts them on Peter's shoulders to shake him so his head flops around like a low-cane bobblehead doll? You jerk! How could you do that? No, 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 no. I picture Jesus reaching out his hands, putting on Peter's shoulders, looking at him. Peter, I forgive you. Your denial is no longer on your record. I bled out to wash it away. You're okay with me. You're okay with God. Peace be with you, Peter. I want that. I need that. I need to hear that every day. And the Holy Spirit says, Pastor Heber, pay attention. Listen, read, remember the promises Jesus made, those promises of peace he made. That's how you're going to get wholeness, peace in your relationship with God. And the Spirit calls out to all of us, open your Bible. Ask one of your pastors where to start. you got four of them now. Come to Bible study. Don't go right home on worship, where you can dig into the Holy Scriptures. Make worship, which centers on the words and promises of Jesus, make worship a can't-miss experience because when we gather like this, it is those words and promises of God that come to us by the work of the Spirit to assure us of wholeness, of peace with God. That's why we pray, Holy Spirit, teach us, remind us of the peace Jesus gives. And the Spirit does just that. The soldier is deployed overseas. He's sitting in his tent. He's wondering if his unit is going to be called up into live action soon. But his thoughts are soaring back home. A care package is great, an email means a lot. But a video chat? To hear the voices and to be connected with those who love him most, that's just off the charts. God wants us to hear his voice, to connect with us, and he has determined to do that in only one way, through the words of the Holy Scriptures. God the Holy Spirit is the one who breathed into the writers all the thoughts and words of Holy Scriptures. And that's why on this festival of the Holy Spirit, we join to pray, Holy Spirit, teach us, remind us of the promises Jesus made, of the peace Jesus gives, and that is exactly what the Holy Spirit does. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you.